Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. morning happy wednesday to you happy november to you welcome into a new day a new month here on the program and i hope uh hope you had a great halloween mine was pretty quiet gone home uh for for something that i did early in the morning it took up most of my day being out there at stonehill yesterday running some errands while i was out that way but got home in time for when i would have seen people walking around trick-or-treating and saw nobody I saw one car with some kids that got out and went up to a door. And then I was on social media, scrolling through, you know, seeing everybody's costume photos and seeing what they had to say about Halloween. And a lot of people were saying, how you know, they had planned for 100, 200, 300 trick-or-treaters to come to their door and they got nobody. And I'm not talking like, oh, we got a handful of kids. We maybe got like 50 or 75, like nobody. And so I'm wondering what happened. Is it because it was a Tuesday night that maybe people got their Halloween activities out of the way in the weekend prior? Is it that it was, I mean, it was cold, but it wasn't freezing cold. It certainly wasn't. It wouldn't have precluded me from taking my kids out. So I, I don't know. Why why weren't people out there trick-or-treating? Or did you was that not your experience? Did you have a significant a significant number of kids coming to your door? I'd be interested in hearing about that. You can either call in 508-996-0500 or you could Send in an app chat message on the WBSM app or an open line voicemail. I can tell you that I saw some photos that uh, Councillor Ian Abreu put up on Facebook of the South End Halloween Parade. That appeared to be very well attended. So the, the chillier air didn't stop the kids from coming out to that. So why wasn't anybody trick-or-treating? I know one person that I saw put it, put it up. They lived in Fairhaven. Another person that put it up lived lives in the north end of New Bedford. Another person that I saw mention it lives in Wareham. It might be in Car... No, I think they are in Wareham. It's like kind of on the Wareham-Carver line. So I don't know if this was a phenomenon that was happening all over or it just in some isolated pockets, but where were all the trick-or-treaters? 
I saw others in other parts of the country, other people on social media or other, even other parts of Massachusetts sharing photos of their children's candy haul, usually with the premise of, this is disgusting. I can't, I can't believe my kid's going to have this much candy to eat. I guess I'll have to help them. But around here, there seemed to have been a lack of trick-or-treaters. And I took, I purposely took, coming back from the eastern Brockton area, I took back roads. Because by the time I started heading home, it was about 4 o'clock. And I said, well, if I start driving down the road and start getting into some of the, the neighborhoods around 5, 5.30. And also because of traffic, too. But I said, oh, this is going to be a great chance to see how many people are out trick-or-treating. And I saw nobody. I ended up going to the supermarket. Left the supermarket at about 6. Driving home. Did a little ride around to see anybody out there. Nope. All right. Well, I guess I, I guess I don't feel bad about not giving out candy if there's nobody out there looking for candy. I mean, aren't aren't we gonna? Don't we complain every day about the economy? Are we are we in a financial position that we can just pass up free candy? But now, think of all the people that are stuck with that candy. So what happened to Halloween? We'll have to figure that out. 508-996-0500. And that's one of the things that we can talk about today. Of course, we're going to keep reminding you that the election now is less than a week away. It is six days away. Early voting today at Tabor Mills. And that's important because there are a lot of folks who like to vote at Tabor Mills. And they lost that as a precinct, but now... It has been returned as an early voting place. So you can vote today. Let me double check the hours on that because I think it only goes until 4 p.m. But give me a moment and I will double check. And make sure that I give you the proper information, which you think I would have had printed out. Or right here next to me. Or saved on my desktop. So the early voting is from 11 to 3. So see, I'm glad I checked. That's today at Tabor Mills. And then early voting tomorrow is 11 to 3 at the Hazelwood Senior Center. So if you want to vote early today, Tabor Mills, tomorrow, Hazelwood Senior Center. And then the election. And I think most people in in the city who are going to vote have an idea already of who they're going to vote for. So early voting is an attractive option for some people, especially if you need to get a ride to get down to the precinct, to the polling place. If you need a ride, it's usually easier to get somebody on not election day. You know, when, they, when they're running around trying to do their own voting and they might live in a different ward than you and they might, they might not have the time to get over there and pick you up. And so, and it'd certainly be a lot easier, I think, to get in and out. Not that it's ever a long wait. But you'll be able to get in and out. This is going to take you five minutes. And over at Tabor Mills, uh, I think, I don't think there's a parking lot, right? I think you have to park on the street. But during the day from 11 to 3, 
I bet you can get a pretty easy to find parking space over there. I go by there all the time after bowling on Thursdays. And, you know, there's a lot of parking spots along the street, the side streets. There is a parking lot across the street, but on the back end of the building. But uh, it's it's not going to take you long. It'll take you longer to find a parking space than it will to get inside and vote. And that won't take you long either. So yesterday when I was at Stonehill, I was um, I was invited to speak at the Martin Institute and they had a nice little auditorium there. Uh, folks came out. They had a really big crowd. They were, I, I kept telling everybody, it's because you offered lunch. You had food. There were cupcakes and cookies and salad and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, that's why people are really here. They're here for the free food. But there were a lot of folks that were listeners to WBSM, people who weren't from New Bedford per se, but from the greater South Coast. And they were talking with me afterwards. I was, you know, talking with a bunch of people as I was packing up and I was kind of in no hurry to to get out because there was a lot of folks there that just were hanging around. And it was a nice, a nice midday thing for people to get out and do. And so I was talking with some of them and they said, yeah, we're not from New Bedford, but we are invested in the New Bedford election because we're hearing people talk about it every day on, on WBSM. And I was wondering just how many people are listening out there from places other than New Bedford that are following along with this election. There may be more people outside of the city interested in this and they will be voting in the city. But one of the people asked me, she said, do you think that there is a chance that Mayor Mitchell might lose? And I said, no, there's there's no chance. I, I mean, again, this isn't a dig at Tyson Moultrie, but he's not at the level of, of John Mitchell when it comes to politics. I think it would be better for him to vie for a council seat to try to get involved in other ways instead of just hanging around for four years and then running for mayor. I know he did consider that in the past, so maybe it's something that he looks at again, but I just don't think that he's a serious challenger. He can bring up issues and get that discussion and that debate going, but I just don't think he has a chance of knocking off a five-term incumbent. But in the at-large race, the council-at-large race, I think that you do have some folks that would have a chance to do that. So that's that's what I would do, is I would I would get my feet wet. That When I say get my feet wet, you know, but I'm not saying just use it as a stepping stone, but I would go and get involved in that way to build that brand, to build that name recognition, because that's what it's about. I mean, if you look at any of the incumbent counselors at large, or actually really any of the incumbent counselors, if any of them decided to run for mayor against John Mitchell, they would pull in more of a percentage than I think Tyson Moultrie is going to pull in. And it's because people in New Bedford want a known quantity. Or at least as much of one as they can get. Now, I don't think that John Mitchell was that much of a known quantity when he was elected. I think Scott Lang was somebody that a lot of people voted for. 
not really knowing who he was, but they liked what they heard. So it, it can happen. But I also think that there's some comfort, especially with all that we're going through in the world now and here in this country. I think there's something to be said for that comfort, of that name recognition of that. This is a person that I know that has a track record. And it's really going to be interesting to see what happens in this at-large race because if some of those incumbents do lose... And really, there's two out of the five that were very close to the sixth place vote getter, which is not a surprise. I mean, Linda Morad and, and Naomi Carney coming close to Scott Lima. It's not that big. We're looking at that as, you know, oh, they could be upset. And maybe they could be. But also, you're dealing with somebody who is a known quantity on the council and whose ward comes out to vote, Ward 5, and who will come out to vote because they have what will be an open seat. So it's, it's certainly going to be a little bit easier for Scott Lima in that regard because he has that same name recognition. But Devin Burns was pretty close. And people know him as a business owner, but they he's... He's not a politician. And maybe that's attractive to folks at this point in time. So I do think it's very interesting that people outside of the area are following along with this election. And I said to them, I said, well, have you been following the Fall River election? And one person out of the group of like six or seven people was like, well, yeah, I follow the Fall River because my daughter lives in Fall River and I pay attention to what goes on. It's like, okay, well, you have somewhat of an invested connection. Uh, but then someone else said, I had no idea, like, the depths of their mayoral race until I heard Chris McCarthy talking about it on South Coast Now. And so that's another one to watch. I know, I know we're going to focus on New Bedford and we'll have our election coverage giving you everything you need to know about New Bedford. But we're going to keep an eye turned to Fall River. Because that's going to, in this next week, I can't wait to see what happens in that race between Mayor Paul Coogan and former Mayor and former DA Sam Sutter. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch and to see how that all plays out. 508-996-0500. And I also told you yesterday, too, I just want to point your attention to this. I had mentioned that Michael Rock was working on a very interesting Halloween story about the legendary Gilda of Gilda Stone Rooster, Gilda Downey. And this story is now up at WBSM.com. And it is both heartwarming and a little freaky. I can tell you that I sat at the bar at Gilda's on more than a few occasions and talked with her about the very topic of ghosts. Now, anybody that ever walked into to Gilda's and, and knew Gilda, you know that she was always, she always had some kind of skull on her clothing. You know, she was, she was a badass, no doubt about it. But we would talk about ghosts, and she would mention her husband. She would mention how 
there were others who had passed away associated with that place that she felt might have still been around, but that, you know, she didn't worry about that. She was, it didn't bother her because they wanted to be there. She wanted them there. And so I think maybe that's kind of the same approach she's taking now that she's apparently around in the building that used to be the Stone Rooster. So you can read that story at WBSM.com and on the app and see what you think. All right, we're going to take a break here. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. And you're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. You're a buffet. You're a vegetable. No, those are actually the lyrics, Ariel, to that song, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Michael Jackson was a, an interesting person, that's for sure. Uh, so we got a couple of apps. Actually, an app chat message I, I meant to share yesterday, but I didn't get to it in time. But JJ in Fairhaven wants me to tell Mary, Mary, if you're listening, you know that Billy Boy Candies used to have those ice cube candies you were talking about. But you can now get them at Cumberland Farms. And I know that's, I was trying to think of where I've seen them because when, when Mary mentioned them, I was like, yeah, yeah, they have those, the foil around them. It's like, kind of like a bluish gray foil. And that's probably where I've seen them, Cumberland Farms. And so you can get those for yourself if you are out there looking for them. Uh, Jeff in Fall River says, good morning, Tim. I spent $29 on a 150-count bag of bite-sized chocolate candy which seems a little crazy to me, I would agree. But I did have more kids this year than in previous years. So all that candy was gone by the end of the night, worked out well. So there we have, uh, so 150 count bite-sized chocolate candies. So that means, well, I mean, I'm going to assume, did you, I'm going to assume, Jeff, that you didn't just give everybody one bite-sized candy. So maybe you had 75 kids, gave them two each. That's the thing, like I would feel so bad when kids came to the door and because of the size of those fun size ones, I'd give them like a handful and then I'd be like, here, have another handful. And then, you know, at the time I was married and my wife would be like, we're going to run out of candy if you keep doing that. I'm like, it's all right. Don't worry about it. We don't need it around the house anyway. But then there was a year that we ran out very early. And of course, I've done up my yard. I have all the sound effects, the music, all that. So you got kids keep coming and I'm like, all right, I got to run out and get more candy. So... I was down at the store paying probably, you know, the same price for just a little bit of candy just to get us through the rest of the night. All right. Well, enough of my rambling. Let's get into the news now. It is time to get all of the news of the day with Ariel Dorsey. 
An investigation is ongoing into the shooting death of a man in Tacoma. Police say a man in his 40s was shot in the 1900 block of Milwaukee Way yesterday morning. Responding officers found the man unresponsive and attempted life-saving measures, but he died at the scene. Police are investigating the shooting as a homicide. Police are releasing the identity of a woman who shot and killed herself after shooting a man during an hours-long SWAT standoff at a home in Kent. The King County Medical Examiner's Office says 47-year-old Megan Judkin died from suicide. Police say Judkin shot and seriously injured her landlord before shooting herself. The man was airlifted to a hospital and is now listed in satisfactory condition. The sister of Washington State's U.S. Representative Pramila Jayapal is running for Congress. Sushila Jayapal of Oregon announced her intention to run for longtime U.S. Representative Earl Blumenauer's seat yesterday. Blumenauer announced on Monday he will not run for re-election. Sushila Jayapal is currently serving as a county commissioner for Portland's Multnomah County. An 80-year-old man is dead after being hit by a car while walking across Highway 203 in Duval. The Washington State Patrol says the man was crossing their northbound lanes Monday night when a 30-year-old Monroe man struck him with his vehicle. The elderly man died at the scene. And daylight saving time ends this weekend. Washington will fall back one hour on Sunday. The Farmer's Almanac has some tips to help make it easier to deal with the time change. They include shifting your bedtime to 15 to 20 minutes earlier than normal every night for three or four days leading up to the change. Avoiding caffeine six hours before bed and shifting mealtimes forward by 15 minutes each day for a few days can also help. In sports, the Patriots hosted a pair of free agents on Tuesday. Linebacker Tyshawn Bauer and safety A.J. Thomas were both brought in for a workout. Bauer spent parts of three seasons in Foxborough. He has also spent time with the Minnesota Vikings, Las Vegas Raiders, and New York Giants. Thomas signed with the Chicago Bears as an undrafted rookie in 2022. This Sunday afternoon, the Pats will be hosting the Washington Commanders. The Celtics have signed their top draft pick to the G League. On Tuesday, the team announced that Jordan Walsh has been assigned to the main Celtics. Walsh was taken with the 38th overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft out of Arkansas. Boston hopes to remain unbeaten tonight after they play host to the Indiana Pacers at TD Garden. And the Bruins are going to be without their number one defenseman for a bit. Charlie McAvoy has been suspended for four games by the NHL Department of Player Safety for an illegal check to the head of Florida Panthers defenseman Oliver ekman Larson. McAvoy will forfeit over $197,000 in salary under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. Boston will host the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Happy Wednesday morning, everybody. We're starting out the day with the coastal low passing well east southeast of our area. Any steady rain will be confined to Cape and the islands. And we could see some spots, uh, snow mixing in, especially along the higher elevations. Temperatures in the 30s will continue with isolated to scattered showers this afternoon overnight. Quite cold, some freezing temperatures in the mid to upper 20s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist. Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
back in. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app and on open line voicemails. Let's go to the phones now. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Timothy. How's it going? Not bad. Just, you survived last night. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a nice, easy night. I actually just sat on the couch and fell asleep. Sat in the chair. Yeah, I kind of get any, uh, can't get any more easy than that, huh? Nope. <laughs> Until you wake up with a uh, stiff neck and say, oh, why do I keep doing that? Right, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, I, I have to say, I listen to your your station pretty much all day. And, you know, I, I hear the, the promo for getting involved in your local elections and, and, and electing, uh, not, not even any specific person, but just, you know, going out and vote on, on uh, Election Day next next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking that local elections have the biggest impact on your daily life, but you have the lowest participation. And, you know, the more you think about it, the more the... The idea that the left has where they give the federal government more power and to take more of your money is the opposite of the way we should be as, as a community. Even, even the left should be in favor of this. So hear me out. If we reduce, to, to play on the words of Ronald Reagan, reduce the size of the federal government where you can throw it out with the bathwater, um, we would be able to, like the city of New Bedford and the state of Massachusetts would be able to keep more of the money in-house, within our own borders, within the state of Massachusetts, rather than sending it to welfare states like Louisiana or other uh, low-income red states. If we kept more, more of our money inside, in Massachusetts and in the city of New Bedford, our parks would be better. We'd have more we'd be able to keep more of our money close at hand. We'd be able to have and be able to direct our money where we actually need it most, and we'd have more money. The city of New Bedford would be able to have more money to invest in in their own sidewalks rather than waiting for supplemental money from Boston or supplemental money from the feds. And that kind of goes in line with, and I hate because I don't consider myself conservative, but goes in line with what they say, with what conservatives do say. Keep your money closer to you rather than sending it out to to these other states to the federal government so and it would actually force red states to have to raise their local taxes rather than be in the welfare state and 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 basically relying on the federal government to balance their budget what do you think no i agree i think but i think part of the the problem is the less that you send out the more that you can ask for later you know, so what if you, you well, if you're not if you're not letting your money go out and, and help in other places, what happens when you need help from other places? No, that's that's the whole point. I don't need the help. See, if we but what if there, what if there's a disaster and you need federal this, help? This is, exactly, this is what I'm saying. So you send. I'm not saying you reduce the federal government to zero, where your income goes to the federal government. You have no federal income tax. I'm saying you reduce it where I don't have to rely on the federal government to fix a cushion at Abbott. Why? I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to rely on the federal government or Boston to fix Ashley Park. Why? I shouldn't have to. But if it's an international, not an international, an interstate road or an interstate uh, port, 
Like, yeah, I get that because that that involves other states. But if it's in your own municipality, you shouldn't have to. A lot of our money is going to fix a road in, you know, rural Alaska. And and now because because we're sending the money to the federal government, the federal government sends to Alaska, Alaska can can boast, look how low our taxes are. Well, yeah, because we're subsidizing you. We, the bluer states, are subsidizing your red states because you guys don't want to raise your, your income tax or even have an income tax. So you're able to actually boast this low tax thing because, yeah, we're subsidizing you. The bluer states with higher incomes, like California, Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, we're subsidizing the redder states. So that allows them to keep their own personal taxes low. So if we would actually reduce the size of the federal government to, to, to their original intent, which is interstate commerce and protection from foreign invaders, we would actually be able to chart our own destiny. We'd be able to, as Massachusetts and as the city of New Bedford, chart our own destiny. We'd be able to say we have a lot of money to build a new park or build a new school. Or, or, or increase the, the, the amount of police we have. You know, right now we, we rely so much on Boston. And, and, and you know, I hear on, on multiple shows, on, on, especially on Chris's show, because he's a very local-centric show. He talks about a lot of local politics. We talk about the, the New Bedford uh, Police Department, where they always uh, are looking for more people. Uh, they don't have the money to hire more people. Well, you know, if we didn't send our, our money to the federal government to subsidize uh, a red state, we would actually have more money to hire more police and keep our neighborhood safer. Well, I think it, the, the, the where this falls apart, though, is when the projects that need to get done are too big and they need to get done at a faster pace. What would that be? I don't know, but there's there's bound to be projects that are going to be something that you can't afford or that it would take you five or six years to complete, whereas if you can tap into that federal funding and, and be able to get that to come your way, then you can have it done faster. I, I just know. I just don't I mean, think every... If, you, if I don't, you compound your... If you compound year over year, you'd be able to have a big, massive rainy day fund where you would actually be able to have that emergency fund be able to do that. So if you go over the, the, the last 10 years, how many major emergency projects have you had that you needed it done in a year in the city of New Bedford? Not many. Not you know, many. You know, I think, I think this would be a good question that would be better served to pose to Mayor Mitchell when he comes in with Chris later on to ask him and because and, he would have a, a better idea of how things run municipally versus, right. you know, what comes in for federal funds. And he might be able to give you actual real-life examples of things where sure. without the federal funding, they couldn't have been able to get it done or couldn't have gotten it done as fast as they did. Right. No, no, that's, that's literally my point. So right now we are at the behest of and the beck and call of the federal government because of the situation that we're in where we allow the federal government to have more of our money. So we are, and then on top of that, you think about this. The federal government is allowed to manipulate local and state policy by saying, if you don't 
instant uh, implement this federal program, we're not going to send you money. And and specifically right now, I'll use an example um, in the schools. So school lunch program it has federal funds to it. And if they don't implement something in regards to uh, it's an anti-discrimination language in their policy, we're cutting out federal funds for school lunch. What does anti-discrimination language in your school policy have to do with feeding children? Nothing. But they use federal funding to manipulate your municipal or state uh, programs. And that's wrong. But that's how they do it. And, and both sides do it. I'm not, I'm not blaming liberal or conservative. Both sides use federal funds to push their, their federal agenda rather than allowing state and local municipal and, and your, your local cities to chart their own course. Uh, George W. Bush did the same thing in regards to No, no Child Left Behind. He used federal funds to manipulate uh, your local and state policy. So it, it goes both sides. It goes with the Democrats and Republicans. If we reduce the size of the, the influence of the federal government in our lives, it doesn't mean you're going to get less services. It means you have more control over your own services, where you'll be able to have that extra $10 million to build that school or that extra $10 million in, in, in reserves to fix that road rather than wait for the federal or, or for Beacon Hill to add it into their budget. How many times have I heard on, on WBSM that we don't have the money to fix this road? that uh, the South Coast is kind of the armpit of, uh, you know, the forgotten child of, of Massachusetts. We wouldn't have to worry about Boston if we kept more of our money in-house rather than sending it to Boston or, sending, even worse, sending it to the feds. Because the, the, the state government has to wait for the feds for, the, for their aid. And then once the state gets their aid, then the municipalities get their aid. If we just said... Keep the federal government out and and and, and keep it so uh, minimum su- such a minimum size, then we'd have more of our money, and and I think I think that would that would that should help both the left and the right. Uh, you know, in, in a in a place like Vermont where they want to be more you know, greener and have more parks, you'd have more parks if you wanted more parks and you'd have the money to do it, rather than waiting on the federal government. All right, well, we'll put it out there to people. I got to hold you there just because I got to take a break, but uh, we'll put it out there to people and see what they think. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Have a good day. And uh, we will take more of your calls in just a few moments, but I got to take this break. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back in 508 996 0500. 
Also, app chat and open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And a reminder, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, make sure that you do, because coming up very shortly, we're going to start taking all your information in there for you to enter to win tickets to go see LL Cool J. That's right. LL Cool J coming to TD Garden a little bit later on this month, now that we are in November. And we're going to have tickets to give away to go see the Force Tour 23. It's headlined by LL Cool J, but with support from The Roots, DJ Z Trip, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Queen Latifah, Dougie Fresh, and Slick Rick. So it's coming up on Sunday, November 19th. You can get tickets now from LiveNation.com, but we are going to be giving tickets away a little bit later on this month. So you want to make sure that you have the WBSM app downloaded so that you can enter to win. It's really easy to get. All you have to do is go to your app store, Google Play, wherever it is that you get apps for your phone, and just type in WBSM, and you'll find it. And if you can't find it there, if you go to our website and click on the Listen tab at WBSM.com, all the information there is to have it sent directly to your phone. And if you still can't get it, come on by here and ask me for help, and I'll help you figure it out. Of course, the WBSM app brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. Going to take one final break here of the hour. Be back in a few. All right, we're going to be taking a break here for the news coming up. On the other side, we'll talk more with you. 508-996-0500. It's a little chilly out there, so if you're just waking up, you're getting ready to head out, you're going to need a jacket or a... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.